Welcome to Season 9 of the Global Inquirer. We are an undergraduate research podcast based in the University of Virginia, and each week we bring you stories from across the world to explain how global trends are impacting real lives. We are sponsored by the International Relations Organization at the University of Virginia. I'm your new host, Dan Malcolm. Today, we are discussing how indigenous communities in the Amazon rainforest have been affected by climate change. We will delve into the conflicting views of the communities living there and the government and its officials. To learn more about this topic, I'm sitting down with first-year biology major Olivia Agbebe and third-year foreign affairs major Ron Saeed. We know that deforestation is a problem that directly affects our climate, and we have all heard some pretty scary numbers about what climate change will look like on the global scale. But can you zoom in and give us a better picture of what exactly is happening in the Amazon rainforest in regards to deforestation? Yes, so deforestation has had several effects on the Amazon rainforest. One of them being that since trees are natural filters for pollutants, pollutants can easily get in when trees are gone and can pollute the rivers and land and, and kill some of the fish and agriculture that these indigenous communities rely on. Additionally, the forest provides protection from outside and so that so these indigenous groups can maintain and keep themselves to the relatively semi-isolated lifestyle that they live in. Removing trees allows more sunlight to come in, which can cause the forest floor to dry and can easily start fires, which will kill homes and crops and other things in the forest that they rely on. And most importantly, these indigenous communities rely on forests for their food, medicine, and clothing. Forests can't cope with a lack of rainfall, and when the trees die off, they release carbon instead of acting as a carbon sink, which increases the, the carbon emissions into the atmosphere by a great amount than it was taking in. The destruction of the Amazon rainforest is clearly happening at quite a large scale and directly impacting a lot of the communities and people living there, and especially the land that they call their home. What exactly is allowing this to happen? And has the Brazilian, or any government for that matter, really intervened to change this or make any new policies? What is allowing this to happen is that there are many interests that collide in the Amazon rainforest. There is, of course, the native communities that live there and who depend on its natural resources. But then there's also the private companies that want to go in and exploit the Amazon rainforest resources. And this is, of course, profitable for the government because it's a very good way and a very easy way for them. Maybe not good, but it's a very easy way for them to raise taxes. Taxes can be collected at a very high rate, given the profitability of the resources that can be exploited in the Amazon. And for this to happen, there are many lobbyist associations that are funded by the biggest multinational corporations who have to work hand in hand with the government. And the government officials, them being the president, the congressmen, the people in charge of ministries, It is very usual for them to be funded by some of these organizations or to depend on them to run their campaigns. So there is really more than just the interests of the private enterprises and the uh, native communities in the Amazon. It's also the Congress people. And at the same time, there's a lot of Brazilian people who would like the Amazon rainforest to be exploited for its resources to get the economy moving and creating more jobs. And given the fact that the native communities of the Amazon are a minority in the Brazilian population, they don't really have a voice as late. 
So it sounds like there's a ton of resources that the Amazon holds that a lot of people want because they can get a lot of money out of them. And for unfortunately for the indigenous populations, that sounds like it means taking destroying a lot of their land. When these business people or politicians are making decisions about the rainforest or taking interest in it, are they? I know you've mentioned that they are excluding a lot of the indigenous land, but are they taking into account the indigenous voices at all, or are they kind of being pushed aside in these matters and being put second to the money that they can get out of the rainforest? Yes, as we were talking before, there is a lot of money to be made, and there are very powerful business conglomerates or multinational corporations that are willing to exploit the Amazon and profit from its resources. And there's a lot of politicians willing to let that happen for their own political ambitions or purposes. And the indigenous groups are a minority in the Brazilian population, and they are not an economic powerhouse because they rely on the rainforest for their living. And the communities in the rainforest, in the Amazon rainforest, don't really have a very strong voice as they are secluded in the rainforest and are not present in the spaces of power in the bigger cities and the capital, while at the same time, they don't have the funds to represent themselves and they rely on the work that NGOs can do. However, these NGOs sometimes are have donors whose interests may collide with those of the people of the native communities in the Amazon. A lot of these NGOs provide immense support to these tribes. However, what is really needed is the help of the Brazilian government advocating for these tribes as they're they're the ones able to pass legislation and other decrees that will help support these indigenous communities in the Amazon rainforest. Experts have said that the Brazilian government is doing exactly the opposite of what needs to be done. It is actively stimulating deforestation through its policies. Decrease and ministerial policy changes have cut budgets for combating deforestation. And Jair Bolsonaro is the first Brazilian president who has an overt agenda of destroying environmental protections for political gain. So it is Bolsonaro or the Amazon. You cannot have both. That certainly doesn't sound like a great situation for the people that are living within the rainforest. How have these issues directly impacted the lives of these Could you talk a little bit more about what these big fires or other environmental impacts are doing to displace the people that are living in the Amazon? Yes, with the current forest fires happening in the Amazon rainforest, these tribes who mostly rely on the forest for their lifestyles have been forced to relocate into the bigger cities because they have no option at this point. And they're doing this at the expense of losing traditions and indigenous lifestyles. So Amazon is obviously a really huge place, and there's tons of different communities within the Amazon rainforest itself. Are there any groups of people that you were able to research more specifically to look at on a closer level to better understand how these groups were directly impacted? 
Yes, I was able to research the Yanomami people, an indigenous tribe semi-isolated in Brazil and Venezuela in the Amazon rainforest. This group is highly self-sufficient, remains semi-isolated lifestyle, and therefore relying on the forest for all their sources. This native community hunts and fishes and farms for their food sources, especially farming, as about 80% of their sources come from these from agriculture. Amazon soil isn't very fertile, so they have to clear land often. But with the effects of deforestation, often the floors get very dry and soil becomes less fertile at a quicker rate. And so they have to often relocate for their agriculture sources. They rely on the forest in other ways that they live in vine and leaf thatched houses, which are surrounded by garden plots. However, they have to relocate their villages when soil wears out or they're under attack by another village. And as I said before, this relocation has, has increased as deforestation has allowed more sunlight and heat into the forest floor and has dried out more soil. And when more sunlight creeps in, forest fires start at a quicker rate as the ground gets hotter and fires can catch easily from that. It sounds like there's a lot of government-related issues that the Yanomami are facing, as well as climate issues that I learned earlier. I'm curious if you know, when these groups of people, such as the Yanomami, are displaced due to these issues, where exactly is it that they're going? With the coming of globalization, it has been common for people who used to live in tribes to leave their native communities and incorporate into the bigger cities of Brazil, them being in the Amazon rainforest or closer to the coast where there may or may not be more economic activity, depending on various circumstances that vary throughout the years. However, with deforestation and these government-related issues that we were discussing, now they are being forced to move and they don't really have an option. And when they move, they, they tend to relocate in the bigger cities around the rainforest, in the cities closer to where they lived as a native community, because a lot of the times they have, been, they have had relationships. The people from the native communities that are looking to a new place to move, more often than not, go first to the cities closest to where they lived with their native tribes. They are more familiar to the social and economic functioning of these societies. However, given that these cities are not as big as the cities farther away are, and by that I mean not only in terms of size and population, I mean in terms of economic opportunities, a lot of the times that in a way forces them or provides them with incentives to move farther away into the bigger cities in Brazil. And we have to take into account that Brazil is a very big country. So they have to move thousands of miles away from their tribes and their families and the life that they have known, the only life that they have known. So the implications of them having to move are huge and naturally, we should not assume that it is an opportunity that every single person living in native community of the Amazon rainforest wants to make. And lastly, Brazil, as any other country or any other society, does deal with racial issues and 
discrimination that stems from them. So a lot of the times the people that migrate from their native communities have to also deal with the discrimination that they are subject to in the bigger cities. It's definitely important to consider the ways in which discrimination plays a role in what we're seeing today, and especially with attitudes towards indigenous people. What are the historical implications of these discriminatory attitudes towards indigenous people? The issue of indigenous land being taken goes back to colonialism and onwards. Frontier zones have always been an issue, and this has a long history as a social and political issue. We were able to talk about this further with Professor Sweeney. She mentioned how indigenous people have been dealing with a climate crisis on their own at this point, that they are suffering the effects of deforestation based on consumer needs. For example, how we expect bananas and other fruits to be ready available to us, to us at grocery stores. That is the effect of deforestation. And this includes the Anamami people, how they're out together on the defense committee fighting on their own. It seems pretty clear from what you have shared with us how these issues of deforestation are impacting us in ways we might not even realize. Obviously, many indigenous people are facing these issues head on, but as you and Professor Sweeney mentioned with the example of consumer needs, deforestation can have pretty damaging effects on the supply chain that we too often take for granted. Now, how do we best go about facing these issues, and who or what can we turn to next? Native people have been living in the Amazon rainforest and possess vast knowledge of its resources. They are experienced in taking care of them since they have relied upon them for their survival throughout generations. Additionally, many experts say that these indigenous people act are the best way to keep the forest intact as they act as buffers to outside pressures, which reduces carbon emissions and preserves the forest. As you mentioned, the indigenous people that have lived in the Amazon rainforest for years know it best. However, there's still a lot of disagreement between government officials and these indigenous people. Have there been any initiatives to make any progressive change in regards to the politicization of the Amazon, or even be more representative of the populations living there? Yes, there has there have been initiatives that aimed at bettering the conditions of the Amazon rainforest and the communities who rely on its resources for their livelihoods. However, under Bolsonaro, the government has not been very proactive, to say the least. As I said before, he is the first Brazilian president who has an overt agenda of destroying environmental protections for political gain. Brazil is having president elections in 2022. The elections and whoever wins will greatly predict the future of the Amazon, the Amazon rainforest and the communities that live there. If Bolsonaro is elected again, it can be assumed that he will continue these actions and the Amazon rainforest and these indigenous communities that live there will be headed into a poor direction. However, if someone else gets elected, there could be a hope for progressive change for these communities and the Amazon rainforest. We saw a glimmer of hope when the forest fires in the Amazon received lots of attention, so we only hope that there will be more environmental protection and awareness in the future for these communities in the Amazon rainforest. And that's our episode for the week. As always, thank you for listening to the Global Inquirer. And thank you to Olivia Optimin and Ron Saidi for bringing us this week's story. Additionally, we would like to thank our special guest, Professor Sweeney from the Department of History here at the University of Virginia for appearing on this week's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Please consider leaving a comment and liking us on Facebook.